And thank you so much for speaking to us, Professor Landsberg. And perhaps uh, uh, a launch pad for this discussion should have been that last part about uh, the countries who have sought to withdraw from the ICC, Burundi and Kenya. Uh, and those who are pointing the finger at South Africa say, but look at what has happened or what they've been accused of uh, and done in the run-up to this decision. And yet there are those on the other side who say the person who should take culpability for this predicament is Louis Moreno Campo because as the first chief prosecutor, he was far more concerned with making international headlines and getting recognition for himself. Which argument should we believe? I mean, look, I think think both arguments... um are correct, but there's something more serious at play here. It is not altogether true that the ICC has an obsession with, um, with African cases and is strictly an, Afri- an anti-African tribunal. Of the nine African cases before the ICC at the moment, only one was referred to the ICC by the United Nations Security Council, and that's, of course, the al-Bashir matter. Um, all the others were self-referrals by African states and by African leaders against um, opponents, rebel groups, uh, and the like. On the second uh, uh, um, argument that you're raising, um, it is also true, though, that uh, there is some, some double standards in that three of the United Nations Security Council members are either non-signatories or have unsigned in the case of the United States. So those are double standards. But I think we would be making a mistake if we think that today's decision has solely to do with South Africa's gripes with the ICC. That's not really the case. Of course, South Africa has some real concerns about the ICC double standards and the like. What really pushed us over the edge around this decision was the imminent um, court ruling by the Constitutional Court. And I think our government came to the realization and conclusion that just like the appellate division and the high court, the decision that it was in violation of its constitution and by extension the national treaty would have been upheld. And that's why we really withdrew today. So does that mean that South Africa is taking the easy way out instead of uh, facing uh, the truth that it has violated, not only its uh, uh, constitution, but that the argument is empty, that it's it's also contrary to uh, the responsibility that it has to the rest of the continent in terms of being a peacemaker? I, I, I like what you're saying in, in referring it as the easy way out. But I think we can be slightly more nuanced in terms of the easy way out argument by saying that South Africa could not stomach, the Jacob Zuma-led government could not stomach the idea of yet another court decision, and in this case, the highest court in the land finding against it. Let me put it another way to you. And you would remember you and I have discussed this last year, for example. If we if the Center for Litigation never took the South African government to court, and if South Africa wasn't prepared for that court case hypothetically, um, we could envisage a situation where South Africa would never would have withdrawn and try and, and settle its differences with the ICC through the proverbial negotiated route that we are known for in world affairs. However, that's water under the bridge. 
a, a court case now put our foreign policy in the dock. We can't stomach the idea. And this is almost a grudging decision, but it is done in order to avoid another domestic eventuality. Coming to your point about Africa, though, mm-hmm. uh, not only is South Africa well-placed to advance uh, criminal justice in Africa, fight for human rights and the like, but, but conversely as well, the fact that it now took this decision, well, I'm afraid to say to you, set in motion an avalanche of decisions by other African states to follow suit and to either unsign and certainly withdraw and definitely not to go and sign up to the ICC. Mm. Uh, Speaking to a legal expert uh, earlier on, her view was that South Africa should have done more in terms of challenging the lack of reform, if that's how we determine it at the ICC, or the biased nature of the cases that they go out uh, look for by lobbying more within the General Assembly, would that have been a more plausible avenue? In fact, not only would would it have been a more plausible avenue, I still believe that our government and Minister Masuta sit there right now thinking to themselves, if only we could have avoided this this, um, drastic decision um, that's the option that they best prefer, but they're not willing to exercise that option in tandem with the highest court in the land um, taking their decision. So what I'm saying to you, uh, Tepiso, is that they prefer the, the, the political route. They prefer the negotiated route. They prefer to, to debate within the gallows of the ICC and other multilateral institutions. But this time around, there's the reality that law overtook politics and President Zuma was really being haunted by so many court cases by the position of others, cannot stomach yet another decision against himself mm. and the government of South Africa. That, that's really what's at play here. But Professor Landsberg, here's a more important question here because we need to consider whether or not Africa as a continent has lost its appetite for African solutions to African problems. They set up a network, um, you will recall, at least uh, in the past 10 years of driving uh, development systems that would have allowed us to do this. And if you look at the prosecutorial and investigative uh, functions of the court of the ICC, is that something that we could have built ourselves? Have we lost the stamina to do so or the will, the political will? You see, what is, so, what is so significant about the question that you ask earlier on, um, you ask whether, whether South Africa could have done more to engage the ICC from within. You could similarly turn your question, uh, take your question further and say, did we do enough to set up these African institutions, namely the African Court of Human Rights and the African Court of Human and Peoples Rights, sorry, the African Court of Justice, and the African Court of Human and People's Rights. Why is it that all of a sudden now we pay attention to these things? And what you're warning against, and I think correctly so, is that there is this tension on the continent to set up programs, new partnership for Africa's development, the African peer review mechanism, set up institutions, even legal institutions, and yet we simply don't take them seriously. And I'm afraid to say to Minister Michael Masuta that if only we had taken these things seriously earlier, I would have given them the benefit of the doubt that we would now take seriously 
um, our own continental institutions, but there is simply no culture in the continent of national states codifying and inter- internalizing continental institutions and living by continental norms, rules, and institutions. So I'm afraid that was a bit late, hey? But we were caught out here. I know That's you're not afraid... Place. I know you're not afraid to make predictions on what is the likely outcome of this scenario. So uh, look into your little glass ball and tell me what is likely to happen just over the next two or five years as a result of this decision. Let's first talk about the short term. The short term is that the DA is going to challenge um, the South African government. I don't think the the DA should be too excited. Because the only thing where I think they can score victory against South Africa on this one in the short term is that maybe the minister acted in haste by not involving parliament. Because you can't unsign from a treaty by somebody depositing your, your intention to the United Nations Security Council. You think that's it. You should do it through parliament. So the court might find in the DA's favor in the short term. But in the long term, I think we are going to unsign. South Africa would then try to, outside of the ICC, try to re-engaged, but I'm afraid five years down the line, South Africa would have lost too much respect uh, and standing in world affairs to the point that its ambitions of trying to eventually become a permanent member on the um, much-vaunted UN Security Council would have dealt a, a, a severe blow. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Uh, Professor Chris Lansberg, just giving his uh, uh, Opinion and uh, insight in terms of uh, the decision by South Africa to withdraw from the ICC. Professor Chris Landsberg, Research Chair in African Diplomacy and Foreign Policy at the University of Johannesburg. In news just in, President Jacob Zuma has received and accepted the resignation of Ms. Leah Tabsila Kuma 